You are listening to the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Centers, Pastors Scott and Tina Witwan. Go with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Galatians 3, 28. We're going to open up with this scripture this evening. In Galatians 3, 28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are no respecter of persons. Whether we are Jew or Greek, whether we are slave or free, whether we are male or female, we thank you in you, we are all your anointed children, kings and priests, called to service, ministers of reconciliation. And Father, we know that you have made us a peculiar people. And tonight, Father, as we open your word, I ask that you guide and guard my speech, but you also bring revelation to that which we discuss. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. See, God looks at our differences much differently than his created does. You know, we as his created, we look at our differences and we see a lot of things that that really don't matter to God. And tonight, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step out. And because I'm stepping out, I may step on some toes. And we're going to start to talk about some things. Tonight's kind of a prelude to this Sunday's message and some of the things we're going to talk about in the, the weeks to come. You know, the world often tells us what Jesus would do. I heard some ignorant commentator on the TV telling me what Jesus would do. You know, and Jesus always seems to agree with them. You know what I mean? He would always do what they would want to do. But let's not forget that Jesus offended a lot of people. He offended a lot of religious people. He offended a lot of Jews. Why? Because he told the truth. He spoke in to the day that he lived in and brought clarity and truth to it. And because of that, he stepped on a few toes. But you know what? He thought truth was more important than appeasement. Galatians 3.28, let's go ahead and read it again. There is neither Jew nor Greek, and there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. See, God does not consider us by our ethnos, that is by our tribal makeup. He doesn't consider us by our heritage. He doesn't, he doesn't look at that kind of thing. He says it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you're a Greek. It doesn't matter if you're an Asian. See, that doesn't matter to me. But see, what do we do? History says that the human race is good at categorizing people. And it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter where you live here in the United States of America or if you're from a tribe in Africa or from, from somewhere in Asia. They're categorizing. Always looking for ways to categorize, categorize people. But see, God sees the ethnos but does not consider you by it. He understands your heritage. He doesn't look at your social status. God doesn't care whether you're rich or poor. He doesn't care whether you're in servitude or you're the boss. 
He doesn't care. It doesn't mean anything to him. See, God looks at things differently, but we look, you know, history has said that the human condition looks at things differently. You know, if you lived in a place like India where they have a caste system, however you were born, that's how you will be. You see, that's man. That's the depravity of man trying to rule and control others. But see, God doesn't, God doesn't look on humans, on us that way. He doesn't look on us biologically. He doesn't care if you're a man or a male with an XY chromosome. He doesn't care if you're a female with an XX chromosome because he put his spirit into all of us. Anyone that will receive Christ has become a child of the kingdom. He doesn't look at us biologically, but we do. You know, and history says. In fact, is some of our traditions that we even hold today. Think about the marriage ceremony. It's traditional for what? For the, for the dad to do what? To give the daughter. Why? Because at one time, and in much of the world still today, women are looked at as chattel. That means property. To be done with as the parent sees fit. But see, God doesn't look at us that way. God came to dwell in you, no matter what your biological makeup is, just as he came to dwell inside of me. So God looks on us much differently. See, God looks at us through the lens of faith. God is looking for faith. Jesus said, man, when I return, will there be any faith? Will I be able to find faith? See, God is, God is looking for different things than what, what people are looking for. You know, some people are looking for just the, the, the right type of, of people. They've got to be the right size, the right strength, or the right fit. But God is looking for hearts. God is looking for hearts that are willing to believe Him. In Galatians 3.29, it says, see, that if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and thereby an heir according to what he has promised. We become Christ, and thereby become the beneficiary of all that was promised to Abraham and his descendants. All that they were promised by faith when we become Christ. So when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are now adopted in. You may not have known it, but you have a Jewish heritage now. You are the, the adopted child of the King of Kings because he was the seed, singularly, of Abraham. Capital S. Right? And we've been adopted in because we are Christ. Now we are heirs according to that promise. And because we come to Christ, and are saved by faith, we are saved by grace through faith, because we are saved like that. See, God looks at us, and he sees, that, sees us through that lens, right? He, he is looking through that lens of faith, and he sees, he sees us. He doesn't see whether you've got XX chromosomes or XY chromosomes. Yeah, it doesn't matter to him, but he sees us through the lens of faith. Ephesians 3.29, and if you're Christ. I mean, uh, Ephesians 2.8. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and not of yourself. It's a gift of God. By 
grace have you been saved through that faith. And that faith can, is what God's looking through. He's looking through his lens of faith and he sees you. That's, that's our connection. That's how we're looking. But does the world look at that? No. The world doesn't look at that. In fact, is sometimes the world looks at you and thinks you're a person of faith, and, and, and they think you're nuts. They don't understand you. They don't understand you because this is what makes us peculiar. Peculiar means different, unusual, or special. We are a peculiar people. I mean, we speak in other tongues. That's peculiar. We believe that God raises the dead. That's peculiar. We believe that he heals the sick. That's peculiar. We believe that all people are created equal. That's peculiar. Whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Greek, whether you're a slave or whether you're free, whether you're male or female, right? God's grace is at work in your life by faith. We're a peculiar people. We do things differently. We believe in blessing our food. We believe in praying over our money. We believe in sowing first to reap second. Right? What would the world say? The world says, when I earn enough, I'll give a little bit. I'll give some to the United Way. I'll give some to them poor kids in Uganda after I've earned enough. But God says, no. Give, and it shall be given unto you. We're a peculiar people. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own peculiar or special people. That's me. That's you. We're peculiar. We're special. Why? So that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. A chosen generation. That's us. Our generation is chosen. We are holy and set apart as a nation. We are holy as a people. The church is set apart as a, as a holy nation unto God. What do you mean a holy nation? If you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Right? So you're adopted by the nation of Israel, whether they know it or not. You're entitled to the full blessing. You're entitled to the full blessing. We're a holy nation set apart to be able to be servants and ministers of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jude says, I'm a bondservant. I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. I'm a slave. I'm peculiar. I mean, what people ever wants to voluntarily go into slavery? Right? Jesus, here I am. Not my will, but your will be done. We're a peculiar people. We've chosen to show up on Sundays. We've chosen to show up on midweek. We've chosen to show up on Saturday. We've chosen to go into all the parts of the world. We've chosen to, to, to take that which we spend our life earning in order to send it out that this gospel would reach the hedges and the highways and the byways. And this is something that makes the founding of the United States of America different. This does. This makes the foundation of the United States much different than other nations. See, this is a people in pursuit of religious freedom. Now, I'm not talking about what they teach in history class these last, you know, decades. But I'm talking about what history supports. This is a nation 
This was an experiment. This was people fleeing for religious freedom that had this idea, that had this desire that they could find a place, that they could find a place in this world where they could worship God, where they could celebrate, where they could raise their children, where they could be peculiar. That's what made the United States of America different, was this pursuit. You know, and when, when the early Christian settlers got here, you know what they did? They cohabitated, they, they befriended, they made relationships with the inhabitants, the indigenous people of the area. They didn't come over here and start murdering people and shooting them and having wars. No, in fact, as if it wasn't for the indigenous people, many of the early Christian settlers would have been wiped out by weather, by plagues, by, by other hostile tribes. But they were seeking a land where they could worship God and they could share the good news of Jesus Christ. These religious people, they were seeking what we call and know as freedom, the ability to be free, to, 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 to have our own destinies in life, to make our own choices in life. Not forced as serfs and servants with a king. It was close to 95% of the founding patriots who pledged their fortunes, their sacred honor. These people were, were persons of faith. Now, we have provided the evidence of that, the historical evidence. The record cannot be erased. Just because they say it over and over and over again that we're not a Christian nation does not make it so. We have shown the evidence, we've shown the quotes, we've shown the writings, we've shown the, the, the history that shows that, that this country, this United States of America, was founded as a Christian nation. It was founded as a seed. See, when it was founded, it was a concluded truth that God's providential hand, well established, these United States. And it was also well established and well known that only a continued reliance on his providential hand, on, on, his, on his hand of divine intervention, would continue to keep this nation strong and secure. And why would they believe such a thing? Because the history of Israel showed it. Abraham's seed. The history of, of Israel showed that a nation who would, would continue to honor and, and the Lord God Almighty would receive His divine blessing. And that nation would be encamped and surrounded like a shield of favor. And the United States of America was founded upon those principles. One of the people that they cite over and over again is showing that, that, that we were a secular nation in its establishment is Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States. So let me read this quote. God who gave us life. Now, does that sound like an atheist? No, in fact, it's just a, a little bit of, of history. Thomas Jefferson used to ride his horse past the halls of Congress to the church for a Bible study. Weekly, God who gave us life gave us liberty. 
And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are of the gift of God? What Thomas Jefferson was saying is that if you take God out of the schools, how will the nation, how will the generations coming up understand that this nation was secured by these divine providential movings of God, how these liberties are tied to faith, to a people who are surrendered, people who are willing to say we are one nation under God and therefore indivisible. And it brings us liberty and requires justice for all people. So why do I make, so, make this point tonight? Because just as God's hand of establishment on the nation of Israel, His hand established these United States. It is the only nation in history that has this divine establishment other than Israel. Because it was established by Abraham's seed. Those who were heirs according to the promise. The nation of Israel was established by God and has always been the basis, and that has always been the basis for its existence, survival, and future as the seed of Abraham. And if you are Christ, you are therefore Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise. See, heirship means something. See, my, my children are my heirs. And someday, in the sweet by and by, when I finally, my wife and I finally get to go meet the Lord Jesus Christ in His eternal kingdom face to face, in our heavenly bodies, our non-corporeal bodies, our children will become our heirs. And the things that we have seeded, the things that we have planted, the things that we have worked for, the things that we have propagated will become theirs. And then generations after them. That's who we are. We are the generations after. We are, we are the heirs of the promise of Abraham. And God promised Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 that if he would leave the, his land of his fathers and go to this land that he knew not of, that God would not only provide for him, but anybody that cursed him, God would curse. And anybody that blessed his descendants, God would bless. We are blessed because we support the nation of Israel. Prayerfully, financially, praying that a messianic revival in the fire of the Holy Spirit would consume the nation. Because God's hand of providence is upon the heirs of Abraham of which we are, because this nation was seated by the heirs, the heirs according to the promise. So therefore, the people of this nation likewise are the seeds of Abraham. Our founding fathers were. The modern-day church is. And yes, you and me, this peculiar people. So it's again time. It's time for us as the royal priesthood to speak into this day. It's time for our voices to be heard. We cannot and we should not allow the opposing voices to drown out God's righteous word. Where righteousness once stood, 
evil has invaded. <clears throat> and we are at that day. Think back. For those of you who are, are over 60 who are here or watching, think back to your childhood. The things that were right and wrong. The things that people believed in. And things that were well established. Evil has had an opportunity to work its way in and the church has not been vocal enough and the church has not stood its ground. This evil has invaded into our elected representatives, into our judges, into our schools, into our free press, and into our entertainment. We again need to be the voice in the wilderness, crying out, make straight the way of the Lord. We need to face this evil face to face. Yes, they may call us intolerant, but we're actually compassionate. They may call us haters when actually it's because of love that we speak out. They may call us deniers, but it's actually the truth that we stand for. But it's going to take all of us it's going to take all of us to be engaged, to be in this world. We can be in this world and not be of it. We can join school boards. We can go to school meet board meetings. We can go to county meetings. We can vote. We can put signs up. We can let people know where we stand and what we believe. We have got to take a stand. Because if we do nothing... We are going to allow the evil day to win. And God did not establish this country for us to hand it over to the devil. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to, over the next few weeks, talking about this evil day. And we're going to step on some toes, some political toes. We're going to talk on some moral, step on some morality toes. But we're going to do it with the Word. We're going to do it with what God says to do and how God says to do things. It's time. Some people need to be offended with the truth so that we can really understand what it is that Jesus would do, what He is doing, and what He's called us to do. Amen? Amen. Well, I hope you got something out of that tonight. Praise the Lord. Glory. Father, we thank you for this evening. I thank you, Lord, that you are our solid rock. You never move. But like those who came before us, Bonhoeffer, who refused to bow to the Nazis, guys like Tyndale, that even though a death sentence was upon his head, refused to not translate the Bible into English. Luther, who opposed the church of the day and the corruption that had entered into it, let us also be a voice into this generation that we can turn the hearts of the people back to you. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
You have been listening to a recording from the teaching ministry of Valor Christian Center with senior pastors Scott and Tina Whitwam. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to pray this simple prayer with me now. Jesus, according to Romans 10.9, your word says, If I confess you as Lord and Savior and believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, that you would come into my heart and I would be saved. I now confess and believe that you are my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, please contact our office so that we may rejoice together with you. Call Valor Christian Center at 480-545-4321. That's 480-545-4321. Or by email at info at valorcc.com. That's info at valorcc.com. Or by mail to the church address at 3015 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona, 85296.